it's wild how this didn't like lead the pack as far as popularity. Yeah, in this I'm, fall I'm surprised season. too. I think a lot of people looked at it and were like, "Oh, it's death. It's made by Death Note. I'm a I'm a anti Death Note person, so I won't watch this." Like that Sword Art treatment, like it's it's become yeah. too popular. I know a lot of people who love anime, and they're like, "Death Note's dumb and only for people who don't like anime." So, I mean, I think that's gatekeeping and stupid and cringe, but that's just my opinion. I'm stupid and cringe. Yeah, but I love you. It's different. Aww. What had me thinking is Metropolitan Man. When I first saw him, I'm like, oh, sick. He's like the Moomin Rider of this show. <laughs> I freaking stand yeah. Moomin Rider. He's like, I got a shrine of him in my closet. Shot like Helga Pataki. But, but then I was like, dude, he's evil. And then it had me thinking like, dude, if Moomin Rider was evil, we'd all be screwed. Oh, easily. The world would be incinerated. That the that dude's drive and passion. Holy crap! Could you imagine do- evil justice bicycle crash? Oh my god! Oh. Evil standing up and and cycling. Oh, in the evil rain, stand up dude. pedaling. Not even considering it. It's, you know, some. It's evil- messed up that you would think of that, bro. Yeah, he doesn't even have yeah. anyone on his pegs, and he's still just killing it. Chain pops off every five minutes. Ugh. All right. <laughs> we love Moomin Rider. Yeah, that's that's platinum end, everyone. What's up, bullfrogs and butterflies? It's time for the XXX Conclusion Haze. <laughs> can we can we keep that forever? I love that. Yeah. And it is it's time, dude. It's the end of the fall 2021 season. It's 2022 now. Oh my god. Time flies when you're sick from COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't know what that was like. I tried. No one gave it to me. No, there wasn't anybody kind enough to spit in your mouth. No. Damn, dude. I asked. You got to get better homies, man. Yeah. You just got to find that right person or just do it without you asking. Oh, that's the trick. I should call her. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) it's Franny Pack. It's Pink Menace. It's Lego Pizza in the building. Like we uh, mentioned on the previews, Mm -hmm. you know, Vanilla Nice had to take a little uh, reprieve, a sabbatical, perhaps. I ain't never seen a mofo work so much over time. Yeah, so we got, we're making do. We got Lego stepping up. Uh, Pink and Lego, they divvied up as many of uh, Vanilla's picks as we could. So we're still going to cover them shizzles. And dude, this is the this is the fall season. It's supposed to be big. It's the finale of the year. This one definitely didn't flop. It wasn't bad. Looking nah. back on it now, extremely solid. And it's, it's better than this current winter season, I'll tell you that. Yeah. And I'm, I really don't know much about it, but I'm uh, excited to hear what you guys have to say. Me too, man. I'm also, I'm very curious to see what Pink's got to say about some of these shows, because I was interested in a lot of his picks. So what are the ones we're going to cover real quick, just to give the rundown? So I have uh, Build Divide, Comey Can't Communicate, and Platinum End. 
I got Miracle-Chan, Sakugan, and I completely dropped Deep Impact and instead picked up Ranking of Kings. All right, and uh, what are the vanilla ones we're going to talk about for a little bit? Faraway Paladin and Blue Period. Swank, dude. And then uh, you got a little Mashoko Tensei stuff. We'll cover that a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, dude. We'll talk about that. I know you've been on that stuff. What is it, Jobless Reincarnation? Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like it's comparable to like how popular and mainstream ReZero was when it came out. But we didn't have to wait forever for another season. Yeah. On top of that, too, it's, I don't dislike ReZero. It's not in my favorite of isekais. This, however, is in my top favorite isekais I've ever watched. I've only seen two seasons. Yeah, and that's popularity number two, right behind Comey Can't Communicate. We're going to be talking about both of those today. And right behind that is our baby, our child, Tacked Up Destiny. Yeah, boy. So good. Yeah, and then Mariko-chan, dude. Hell yeah. And then Planet of Men's calling right behind. So we got a lot of the most popular of the season. And it came down to it. So we're going to start with Pink, right? Yeah. Is there anything else I'm missing, dude? No, I think that's all of it, man. All right, dude. Nice, concise pod. Just talking about some good feels with these animes. Yeah, so if you didn't check out the previews and the first impressions already, our first our previews of it, looking at it before we watched it, talking about it, speculating, our first impressions after three episodes, we what you know how they're going so far, what we're thinking, and now this is final thoughts. Well, sheesh, I guess I'm going to start this. I'm going to start out with Miracle-Chan. I got to tell y'all, when I when I first talked about it after the preview or the reviews with episode three, my my opinion has not changed. It's great, it's good, it mixes horror, comedy, drama, and my real only complaint about it was some of the etchy screens, uh, etchy camera angles and stuff. Like they really focused on that a lot. I but, feel like that's a reoccurring theme with these shows nowadays, and it's kind of. I'm kind of not liking it the more I see it. It's creepy in yeah. the anime, uh, not so subtly, more and more. No, it ain't subtle at all. Like, it's not just reserved for the classic Shonen Beach episode. It's now just, like, in these wholesome animes, and it's very confusing. Oh, no, girl's running away from a scary monster ghost. I better make sure you show her panties. <laughs> but if my horny ass sitting over here and complaining about Echi being the biggest problem of the show, that's how you know it's a banger. True. All three of the main characters, you don't really see the third one until a little later on, Yuria. Which one was that? The blonde? That was the little tiny one with the mushrooms on her hair. <laughs> she had like little mushrooms. No. Um, we got the redhead, we got the brunette, and we got the blonde. Those are yeah, the three the main blonde. characters, right? All yep. girls? Yep. She, she doesn't come in until later. And at first I was like, oh, I don't know about this one. But she's actually a really cool character as well. Miriko-chan herself... Great character. I've never seen so much, like, ability to look horror in the face and not even... And just be able to pretend it didn't even happen. Because I know if I was in her shoes, I'd have been dead episode one. I don't like these ghosts. These ghosts scare the hell out of me, and I got a whole TV screen in between me and them. So, that... Props go out to her. Tough as hell. My favorite character, though, is her dumb foodie friend, Hannah. Best character of the show. Nothing but positive vibes. Unlike the other two, she can't see the ghosts, but she has her own special ability, which is like her aura is radiant, and the ghosts don't really attack her. However, 
the more ghosts and demons around, the hungrier she gets to keep up her aura. Wow. That's why she's always eating. I love that. That's dope. I like that. She's like the chalice in Crystal Chronicles. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of tree juice, you just got to give her food. Actual food. A lot of food. Enough to feed like maybe two sumo wrestlers. And she's the redhead, right? Yeah. Silly as hell. Good. Good vibes. Bro, the vibes were immaculate. Amazing. Throughout the show. High VPMs. Yeah. Um. See, there wasn't even really like... The start was good. And the middle kind of like plateaued for a bit. It didn't drop down. Didn't go into like a lull or anything. But nothing crazy happened. And then towards like the end, it started picking up again. I don't want to go too much into it. Because I believe everybody should watch this. Out of all my picks this season, this is the one to watch. What kind of conclusion did we get without spoiling it? Like, um, did it like wrap up for the season, or like to like make a new season like possible, or was it very finale? Was there a big uh, twist reveal, or uh, yes, did it actually wholesomely? both? There was a big twist reveal. There was some crazy stuff going on, and on the last episode, you realized like. Some of this wasn't what it seemed to be, and it that turned out for the better. Because, uh, how do I put that? That's cool. Because Studio Passione, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Studio Passione, I know they did Higi, the new Higarashi when they cry, so they've done like some horror, yeah, d- directing and elements before, which I still haven't seen. I just finished up the original Higarashi, and I was told that this new one is. Dirt. So I gotta try it now anyway, just to make sure. Yeah, so it just it like I just know the imagery was just dummy scary. Yeah. And they just they never slacked on that, huh? The manga, these ghosts and stuff in the manga were scary as hell to begin with. And it really unnerving to look at some of these like abominations walking around asking people if you can see me. And I was kind of wondering how they'd translate that to, into the anime, and they they killed it. They killed it. That that slapped. That slapped really well. So do you think we're getting a season two? Oh, we better. We better. This was way too good to not get a season two. They'd be stupid not to. Is there enough, like, uh, source material? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the manga's still going. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I mean, if it was so, it was. It's the most popular thing on Mal, so I'm assuming it it got enough views to to greenlight a second season. It if has not more. to. It has to. The only thing that like really I've seen a lot of people complain about was the same thing as me, like gratuitous panty shots and boob jiggle. Yeah, yeah. But really, like, if you're gonna complain about that, I can't be friends with you anyway. <laughs> so. The anime has adapted the first three volumes entirely, and a few chapters of the fourth volume. As of now, there are only six volumes, and the lack of source material will push the production of the show by at least one year. But it's getting a lot of good praise. So it's going to keep going, though. We might probably have to wait a little bit, but uh, immediate renewal is is likely. Mm -hmm. It's possible. But as this article right here mentions, they kind of got their hands full, Studio Passion. I don't know if they're doing the new Bleach still, because oh, they did original, but they got her Higurashi still continuing on, I believe. That's weird. 
That's real weird. So that's what's popping, dude. So what's your final rating on it? As far as anything, would I say it's like a, a really high rated anime itself? No. But the fact that they took comedy and horror and said, let's do both of these at the same time and made it work. I, I don't think there's anything else like this. This is probably the best we'll get for a blend of comedy and horror. Hell yeah, dude. So. Da, 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 da. Drum roll. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. So that would be like a, a solid A, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this was this was a good time. This is a good time. Like, this was the one show that I caught up on every episode as it came out. Nice. The other shows, I was like, eh, I'll just let them uh, build up, I guess. Not not Miracle-chan. And it was really worth it. Do you nice. think these characters, any of these, especially Miracle, is going to, like, live on, be famous, uh, be beloved, be some people's favorites, seeing memes? I've already seen a lot of memes of Miracle herself. She was that, like, dynamic? Um, it's not that she was that dynamic. The, the one meme I saw was, it's like some dude, like, I don't want to work out today. I don't have the motivation. And Mirko's, like, they, they make the joke a few times about Mirko having a thing for, like, buff guys and, like, WWE wrestlers. And, then like, he sees, like, a picture of Mirko. And then the next thing you see, it's this dude at the gym screaming while bench pressing the whole weight set. <laughs> That's oh, dope. Yeah. That's that good. That's that good wholesome stuff. Yeah. Compared to, I guess, what we've been getting. But yeah, that's uh, Mariko-chan. What's that? M-I-E-R-U-K-O. Yeah. Chan. I only know because I messed it up so many times every time I typed it in to try to watch it. <laughs> but heck yeah, dude. Huge success. Risky attempt. And Real risky. Flying colors, dude. Mm -hmm. Falling with style. No, that was flying. That was flying. That's right, Woody. All right, so what are we humping on next? Lego pizza. I'm going to talk about Comey Can't Communicate. So, a little background for people who don't know much about Comey Can't Communicate. This was one of the, you know, wholesome animes of the season, uh, slice of life type of thing. And it revolves around a girl who has extreme social anxiety. So, she can't communicate well. Specifically, she barely talks in the entirety of the show. She'll say like one word sometimes. Mm -hmm. She primarily communicates to everybody by writing in a notepad. Super wholesome. A lot of people can relate to social anxiety, things like that. Um, the mangaka is the person who created uh, Nagatoro and Uzaki-chan. They all started as web comics, got serialized as mangas, and, and now... And a bunch of your favorite hentai, right? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I don't know much about that. I think Pink knows more about that than me. But. I really don't want to admit this again. So the, <laughs> so the Mangaka, he's got like an alternate personality. Yeah, man. I guess Kind of like, like Space Kook, and, a.k.a. Titty Peddler. Yeah, there you go. He has like a Titty Peddler persona. Which is really cool. Did you mention that it's on Netflix in English? Is it English? No. Did they hit, hit us with the English yet? I don't think so. I watched it all in Japanese, uh, but it is on Netflix. Hell yes. 12 episodes. And there's definitely going to be a second season. They pretty much said, like, to be continued at the end. Oh, heck yeah. yes. Um, okay, so I really started off not liking Comey because I thought the Netflix translation was trash, which it pretty much still was. 
But that's because when I did the first impressions, there was only one episode out because they had a delayed release because of Netflix being awful. Uh, but it wasn't as bad after that first episode, and it was pretty much because that first episode had a lot of text on the screen, which not all of that text was translated. But later on, there was less of like text on screen. Um, and whenever they did, they were pretty good about giving you some sort of translation. Whether or not the translation was a good translation, I'm not sure because I just don't know kanji. But it was a lot better. So that helped me a lot. And I started liking the main character, Tadano. Because oh, you like that weenie? He he just becomes really lovable after a while. Did he get a haircut? No. Oh. No. But there is there's actually one episode where it's like a flashback and it's him trying to be cool. <laughs> and it was really funny. He had like a different haircut and stuff, and then it didn't work out. Like he confessed his love to his like high, uh, middle school sweetheart or whatever, and like wrote love on the like track field. And he was like trying to be really cool about it, and she just goes no. <laughs> and then he's just, and then he becomes his normal like Tadano self with the dumb haircut and like a loser, because he just got really depressed after she rejected him. But I mean, it's like it's super wholesome stuff, right? Like it's 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 pretty cool. If you like wholesome anime, you're definitely gonna like this. Um, we were going off about the how great the animation was, the movement. Yeah, the, and that continued. Yeah, that continued, I'm... dude. The animation of this was out of this world like you just don't expect it for a slice of life anime to have these crazy good like random action scenes that are extremely well animated like the sunlight coming through the windows all the lighting like it just gives they do that in a lot of anime movies where they got the extra money to do that and it just seemed like they were doing that with these classroom scenes at the hallways the windows Mm -hmm. and stuff definitely seemed like a high budget anime like, they just kind of threw money at this thing, and it, it paid off. No, it makes sense. This was, like, one of the things that I remember seeing on the internet for a while being incredibly requested. People were like, oh, when are we going to get the Komi? We got Nagatoro. We got Uzaki. This is the one I want. Yeah, exactly. Um, Dude, that piano ED, I think, or the OP? Oh, yeah, the OP is really cool. And it's, like, drawn in a different style. It's really cool. It's interesting. The music's great. The whole composition of the whole show was really really good like they did because of the fact that there's not a lot of speaking especially mm-hmm. on the part of comey like they had to fill the silent like the awkward silences with music or, or sound effects or whatever and they do a yeah. good job of that and then the, i mean one of the greatest things about this show is just the way that they communicate via the faces of the characters because, like I said, not a lot of talking. So, how do you communicate stuff? Well, classic anime faces, you mm-hmm. know? And they Waving do a really your arms cool. Around. Yeah. And screaming. Yeah. And <laughs> trembling like a chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the stuff that we're good at. Yeah. So, it was really cool. The only thing that I really will hate on the show is something very similar to what you said, uh, Pink, is that there was some random etchy stuff that was just not needed. Yeah. Um, so one of the characters that uh, becomes friends with Comey is uh, this girl in her class. and Is it Najima? No, Najima is Najima's like the third main character. That's like Tadano's like old friend like that he grew up with. It's like Chika pretty much from uh, Kaguya-sama's Love is War. Same hair color. She's yeah. the third wheel. Yeah. And, yeah. and both voice actors for Comey and Tadano are... So- are from oh really that's interesting yeah yeah so najimi actually became one of my like favorite characters because he's so it's actually a guy 
but he oh. dresses as a girl for like the whole thing. Like he, Shoot. Yeah. And it's really funny. Like he tries to sneak into the the girl's locker room one time and like Tadano grabs him and he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but he wears like a skirt throughout like the entire thing. What a Chad. Yeah. yeah. He's just, and he's just a really good person. He's super personable. He has like a bajillion friends. He's everybody's childhood friend. That's... Like that's the ongoing <laughs> joke. Um, and it's great because he has really good person, personal skills where the other two don't. Right. So he's kind of like the person that pushes them to really like capture life, live it. Yeah. And yeah. To, to gain experiences. And like, like he multiple times basically told Comey like, oh, go get me this coffee and then gave her this like crazy coffee order and then makes her go and order it. And like she can't. Because she just can't, like, do that social interaction. And it's really cute. It's really funny. And she, like, comes back with, like, an order that the barista thinks was the right order. And it's completely wrong. And she just feels so bad. But she couldn't, like, she just couldn't do it. But, so the other character, uh, I think it's her, her name starts with a Y. I forget what it is. Um, she has, like, orange short hair. And. Oh, well, I got it right here. I'll find it. But I just wanted to mention uh, Najima, who we were just talking about. Uh, voice actress of Ram. From ReZero. Oh, really? It's one of the Oh, my ones. Lord. Yeah, I can actually hear it. Yeah, that makes sense. I can hear that. Oh, Yamai. Yep. Yeah, it is Yamai. Okay. So, yeah, Yamai. So, she's like a popular girl, and she's completely infatuated with Komi. Because Komi, despite the fact that she can't talk, is considered the god of their high school like people literally worship her right yeah, yeah we saw that in episode one that was and funny. it's just so funny because they always interpret whatever her silence is to be whatever they want it to be so it's like she always says the right thing without having to ever speak because people just assume it Dude, which that's... is it's really funny it makes for really good scenarios which it pulls off amazingly that's my nuxtaku theory Oh, yeah? Why he's so beloved, because he is whoever you want him to be in your head, because nobody knows what he looks like. That's, I mean, that's fair, yeah. Oh, is that why I picture him to be, like, 6'2 and 400 pounds? Yeah, me too. It makes me feel better. Yeah. (laughs) You can't be that cool and be handsome, Nuxtaku. Yeah. Save some from the rest of us. Yeah. So, Yamai is, like, one of these girls that's completely infatuated with Komi, but she ends up, like, falling in love with her, right? Little Yuri energy. But, like, it kind of goes too far. Like, at one point, she says that, oh, my God, I'm so wet. <clears throat> unacceptable. Same. I mean, yeah, unacceptable. Um, And then there's another time where they're out getting food or whatever. And I think it was, like, at a festival or something. And she tells Comey to get on her knees real quick, which, oh, maybe it's harmless. I don't know. Comey gets on her knees anyways because she's a good friend. And then she whips out a corn dog and starts moving it from, like, her face all the way down to, like, her crotch area. And then goes, okay, Komi, now suck. And then Najimi tackles to the ground and says, like, no, 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 you can't do that. It's our boy. Najimi, thank you. But, yeah. It's amazing. It's funny. I'm looking at the voice actress, right? The Sayu for uh, Yami. All little lolly girls and... Super etchy looking girls. Interesting. So yeah. It makes, makes sense. On par. Just fan service. She's a fan service Sayu pretty Dude, much. Dude, apparently. And yeah. Philo from uh, Shield Hero. Oh, interesting. The little chicken bitch. 
little chicken bitch. A little chicken bitch. She was like his mount, that chicken that would turn into a lolly sometimes. It was cool. Nice. She's actually like my least favorite part of the show, but. Well, she was my least favorite part about this show, too. Yeah, there we go. Could have done without her. Um, and then there was also just like, there's this one girl who's just like the classic, quiet, nerdy girl who's like a little overweight, but has giant boobs because of that. And there's just so many scenes where her boobs are just going like boom, 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 boom in slow motion. And I'm just like, man, these kids are too young. Can we not? We got a little extra budget. Where we can put it? Jiggle physics. Put it in her chest. Literally, though. So, like I said, those are my only complaints. But if you can. I have another complaint. Hit me up. I wanted to see more of Comey's mom. Yo, Comey's mom was hilarious. Comey's mom's my favorite character. No way. So you kind of figure out that. The reason that she's like this is because her mom can't shut up and her dad is just like exactly like her where Mm -hmm. he can't communicate really. And they go on like a father daughter date to get some food. Holy smokes. That sounds magic. And it was amazing. They literally are both just really nervous of talking to each other. Like he wants to ask her how high school is and she wants to ask how work is and like stuff like that. And they just can't. They both just sit there like. Exactly. Yeah, that. Literally that. And then... she, she uh, The mom looks like a, a sexy anime version of Dexter's Laboratory's mom. Oh, very, yeah. Very much Dexter's mom vibes. Yeah, 50, Give her the gloves. 50 pounds less weight, especially in that ass area. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was ridiculous, dude. Dexter's she had a tight mom, belt. Bro, Dexter's mom can't fit through a doorway. Like, that's how you know their son was a genius. Yo, Space Cook, a.k.a. Titty Peddler, did a really creative rendition of dexter's mom oh Oh, interesting i totally know about that twitter but yeah i'm sorry (laughs) no no it's good Uh, no it's just it's this there's there's just so many super wholesome interactions in a show about social anxiety it's super relatable even if you don't have social anxiety but have friends with social anxiety or whatever or you just sometimes you get nervous in awkward situations like it's really really wholesome uh i'm looking forward to more i hope it's less etchy Honestly, it's not. There's like four or five etchy scenes in twelve episodes, so like I can get over that's it. That's not bad. It's really not bad, but like that's really the only thing that I could be there's mad a, about. There's like consistent comedy throughout this, right? It's hilarious, and the, as well as like just big wholesome feels. Yeah, like the comedy hits all the time. It's always like these weird situations, like I said, where it's like someone tries to communicate with Comey and she just can't. And so they just think whatever they want, if that's what she meant. And it just creates these really funny situations. I think those are really good vessels and vehicles for this overarching theme of uh, social anxiety, which could come off like, I don't know, boring or like uh, just being too uh, altruistic and not as entertaining, just trying to help people. But those two consistent things just made it so fluid. Yeah. 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 And easy to consume. Like, bravo, man. Studio OLM. Nice. And Netflix just doing it right. We love to see it, especially because this was one of the first Netflix jams that they put on probation. They didn't keep it in jail. Yeah. Right, right. We got it when Japan got it. And they only had the delay like two weeks or whatever. Like, we have to applaud that. Yeah. Positive definitely. reinforcement. Good job, Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Literally. Little hand claps for you. Yeah, they did that with uh, JoJo's part six as well. Oh, that's I think cool. Comey was like the first star of this because that. That was a real big thing. I heard a lot of people talk about that. So then I went, oh, I guess we got to do it with another big show, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to another one. They left it off at, like, a nice spot, you know? Like, there's definitely a good amount of source material left for them to cover. So Mm -hmm. um, 
looking forward to more. And I just hope that Tadano and Comey can finally confess their love for each other because it's very obvious by the end that they love each other. But they, like, are very bad at communicating. So, And yeah. season two is officially confirmed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still think some of my favorite scenes are, like, the Comey, the... Like oh, those yeah. weird, like, little noises. Yeah, so, like, she has, like, this stutter because she can't communicate well. So she'll just, like, start a word but can't finish it. And there's, like, they do a maid cafe at one point for their festival. And there's an otaku who comes in who's, like, an expert in maid cafes, quote, unquote, right? So he, like, goes into the maid cafe and is, like, rating in his head, like, He's awful at communicating, too, because he's an otaku. But, like, in his head, he's all high and mighty about, like, knowledge of maid Mm -hmm. cafes and stuff like that. And Comey, like, serves him or whatever. And she tries to say, like, sorry because she didn't greet him properly at the door or whatever. And she said something in Japanese that was almost, like, I'm sorry, but what turned into, like, I'll kill you or something like that. Like, I don't know exactly how it was. So the dude got super scared and was like, basically left. <laughs> Cause he was just like, Oh man, I, I should have been, I shouldn't have been oogling at all these uh, maid girls. I, I need to, I need to leave. What a wimp. Pretty what much a dude. Fucking wimp. It's funny. Comey reminds me of uh, the main character of a princess guide to get a nation out of debt where he is trying to sell the nation and everyone thinks he's some valiant prince that's like trying to save the nation and they just when he says something they misinterpret it yeah like oh you're doing that because because of this to help him and he's like uh yeah and he's actually smart and he can talk so he's like and he goes along with it but in comey's case he's just like shrugs your shoulders and it's like yeah whatever you say yeah pretty much i there was the one scene i saw and like they're like okay comey stand up start reading she stands up and just stands there everyone's like "Woo, yeah you're right we don't need to read out loud that's pretty much what happens every time that's that kind of stuff she gets put on the spot she can't go through with it and everybody just applauds her like they just think whatever like they they go to a karaoke bar towards the end and she goes up to sing and can't sing and everybody just interpreted what she sang one of the (laughs) coolest interactions too was there's a, a sushi bar and or no a ramen bar sorry and the the ramen chef was very similar. They they end up saying like they're kindred spirits because he doesn't communicate well too. And they just look at each other and he knows exactly what she wants and she gets the perfect order. And she's like the most respectable like thing. Cause he has like rules at the ramen bar that like you, you sit down, you don't wait to order. Uh, you order quickly, you get your food, you eat and then you leave. And so she just did everything perfectly because that's just how she is normally. Mm-hmm. So they, they like have like a cool little relationship too. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. Super wholesome. I definitely give it like a high A, almost eh, probably an A plus, but definitely not S tier. Maybe with like more seasons and stuff. And, you know, it's not a perfect anime, but a lot of really good stuff going on. That's fair. She's a dynasty character that's going to live on. Yeah. Me. yeah. So precious. They're getting so good at just like perfecting the preciousness of characters. She's All got these... purple hair, man. That's like enough for me. Yeah, the tall, bl- long hair, dark hair, like just cat-eyed. Yeah, but like not fierce and sexy. She's just adorable, which is like kind of like not going against that trope that they're almost following, the yeah. character archetype. Definitely, definitely. So definitely recommend it to everybody. Honestly, yeah. I think a lot of people can have a good time with this show. Kawaii over everything. Yeah. 
living life on recruit difficulty, but still being horrible at video games. That's Comey. Exactly. <laughs> we wouldn't understand. We're gamers, fuck. But what we got next, Pink? Menace. We got Sakugan. Sakugan. Yeah. I'm very interested. In oh, good. Sit down, this. buckle up. Because I'm going to tell you how, like, you really only need to watch the first three episodes. It's oh, crazy. no. This, yeah. We were so amped about this. It looked amazing. We were thinking, Dang. like, maybe we should cover this every week. Nah. It, uh... The story doesn't even stay true to itself after a little bit. The whole story is little girl keeps seeing this magical looking place in her dreams. She keeps trying to go there. Her dad keeps telling her, no, you can't go. Eventually, they both go together. And then it's like some of the episodes have nothing to do with anything. They're, like, tripping out on peyote in the middle of these labyrinths, basically. <laughs> Why? Because uh, there's, like, this flower, and it's, it smells really nice. So one of the people in their group is like, oh, well, he just grinds it up and puts it in bags. And he's like, here you go, everybody, air fresheners. Well, Mimempu is just like, yeah, I don't like the smell. Everyone else does. They don't realize, though, that, like, it's really messing them up. That's so funny. There's a whole episode where somebody in their group, like, turns their back and, like, goes to actually kill Gagumber. And then the next episode, it's like they're all friends again. Nothing was resolved. Like, sure, they probably had a nice conversation about it off screen, but... You gotta put that on screen. What the hell? Yeah. That's that that series composition role. Yep. That's supposed to take care of that. Yep. But, uh, there's gonna be another season. There's gonna be. The way they ended it. I know there's going to be, and I'm going to watch it because hopefully like, you know, it it wraps everything up nicely. But when they started answering questions, they started asking like three more. Gotcha. So there's a lot of, yeah, yeah. Later on, there's like stuff like where you find out Mimempu's really special, like actually a gifted child, but it comes out of nowhere. Hmm. And that's just a whole nother plot twist going on and doesn't get explained. And it's like, it sounds like a, like a failed attempt of trying to do something like Made in Abyss did as far as the, the, no. the layout, like going underground, looking for mom, main characters kind of special. I, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, this one had kaijus. I want to know more about that. Was there like more cool battles? Not really. Really? Not really. Were all the kaijus CGI'd like that first yeah. one? Yeah. That, did you, that did you like that? Me. That it did didn't... not bother me at all. I thought it was kind of cool that they used the CGI specifically for this out of world, like out of this world type creature, right? Because mm-hmm. then it's like, it makes sense why it looks different than everything else. Yeah. Uh, Faraway Paladin did that too. Oh, the undead and stuff. When they'd summon skeletons and stuff, they were all CGI. But it's fine because everything else was animated and well. Same with Sakugan. Kaijus were all CGI and really, like, weird and funky looking. But that's kind of what made them scary. Right, Where everything exactly. else looked like a trigger animation artwork. And then you got that. The characters were cool. Mamempu was great. Her dad, Gagumber, is amazing. I, I love him. He's probably my favorite, like, I'm a good dad, but kind of a crappy person type character I've seen in a long time. Like Maka's dad from Soul Eater? Yeah, but I like him more. Yeah, he's good. Soul kind of sucks. 
Not soul. Um, oh. Spirit. Spirit kind of sucks. Gagumber's cool. Gagumber's almost relatable. It's like mm. if you mix Spirit and Joseph Joestar. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But then the other two characters they meet along the way were kind of mids. And uh, there's like a bureau, like a high up bureaucrat type guy. I didn't like him. It, within the last episode, there's like... Is that Miruru? Yeah, Miro. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. It's one of those shows that I feel like season one is setting up for a lot of stuff. And there's like stuff that goes on with her dream where she starts seeing more of it. And bad things are happening. So now it's like, oh, I don't even know if I want to go there. Right, right. So I feel like season one might just be all set up in exposition where season two can really take the story and just drive with it. Hit us with the twists and reveals and stuff yeah. like that. That's always so rough, though, when an anime does that, where the first season's lackluster and it's all kind of like hinging on this next season, <clears throat> ReZero. But, you know, I don't know. It's I mean, hard to pull off. If you have yeah. to battle yourself to watch the first season because it's not really great, I mean, it's a hard ask. It's not like I had to battle myself. I did okay. have an attachment to it. Okay. However, I'm not saying it's good. That's yeah, fair. That's this fair. Is up your alley. Yeah. So you probably had some like some faith in it. Yep, I had a lot of faith in it. And I really wasn't like let down or disappointed. It's just I feel like they could have done more. They could have saved maybe some of these episodes where like the gang did nothing really important until maybe season 2 and push our story along a little more first. I wonder if that was a problem with like not enough source material or just before they wanted to like cut it off to like be like, oh, we only want to get to this far we in only season want one. To adapt three volumes. Yeah. So we have to just add this episode of filler, basically. Maybe. I, I wonder if it was that. I'm a, hopeful about that. I had a question about, I don't know, like talking about how Comey can't communicate the vehicles that push the overarching theme they worked for it the wackiness the zaniness of this seems like one of the vehicles to to push along the weird quirky thing about this anime and i don't know i feel like they they probably did they didn't nail that huh or was it like too was it hitting all the zany wackiness was it working with it it worked because it it worked because the first two episodes were amazing. They really set up like this huge, crazy story and adventure with a goal. Like when we, when I mentioned the kaiju was chasing them, and it was like playing silly, wacky music, and they're running around like Scooby Doo. Yeah, that works for the show, because that's kind of what the show is. It's like a wacky uh, dad and daughter go on an adventure. But sh- scene after someone pa- like dies, and then it gets serious. So yeah, so, like I don't know. It's really hard to explain. I did like it. I like the two main characters. I like what they're going for and both of their motivations and goals. I just feel like it wasn't executed right. And it's a shame because it could have been a lot better than what it was. It was a super high potential anime that kind of just meh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it flopped. And a lot of people have been saying like, because I I was looking into it too, because I'm like, I can't be the only person who thinks like this, can I? And a lot of people are like, this is the, the worst anime of the season. Wow. Which is nuts. Because I don't think it was that bad. It wasn't deep insanity. So, it's just... We're going to have to wait for season two, in my opinion. That's fair. Did they make it far into the labyrinth, the underground? Oh, they they did some traveling. 
But they always come back home at the end of the day, right? No. No, no they're off on an adventure. Oh, they're camping and yeah. moving on. Nice. Yep. Okay, I like that. Yep. And the theme still says Mecca on my anime list. Like, how how Mecca did it get? Were there, like, AI Mechas? Like, was one even a character? Did um, they come more or did it kind of fall off? Do they need to update this genre as Mecca? There's a lot of Mech stuff going on. It is not always the driving force of, like, the combat and stuff. But there's, like, a lot of scenes where, like... You remember their blue robot? It's like their mode of transportation. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. that's in the cover art. Yeah. Uh, Big Tony is its name. Nice. Yeah, she names it Big Tone. Um, And that thing puts in work for being, like, kind of like a piece of crap. It's like the Millennium Falcon, but with a drill. Nice. Does it have a personality at all? Does it speak? No. Okay. No. But... For what it is, Gagumber is one of those people who just, he was so good at what he was, which is a marker, that he was able to take this, like, crappy piece of machinery and just make it work. Like, all my drills at work. My Hell coworkers yeah. can't use my tools because they have holes blown in them, but I know what I'm doing with them. I was able to relate to Gagumber with this thing. Nice. It's not the main form of combat, but the fight scenes where they do use these suits is really cool. Oh, yeah, dude. So, Sakugan, a.k.a. Sacks and Guns. A.k.a. Socked a lot. <laughs> no, that's, that's a little mean. Wait, so then what's your what's your final rating? That's a C. C. High C, though. Okay. High. C like, with the potential to upgrade later. Yes. Like, it could be good. It could be. It just felt like we were spinning our wheels in the same spot for quite a few episodes. So, it dragged the pace down a lot. The last few episodes gave us such a huge plot twist, and it came out of nowhere with no explanation. And that, that kind of threw me for a loop because they didn't like resolve any of it either. It's just left to go like, okay, let's keep going. See you in season two, everyone. So, yeah. Do we know if it's greenlit for a second season? I feel I, like if there was a lot of negative it, it reviews. It really better be because they can't just leave it like this. That would... I mean, if it didn't have good reviews, then it might be left like that. Nah, that's hot dog water if they did. I'll, I'll try and uh, look it up right now, but what we got next, Lego Brita? All right, I'm going to talk about Platinum End. So, Platinum End, definitely one of the highlights uh, of this season for a lot of people. They were anticipating it to be really good because it's the same uh, writer, uh, mangaka of Death Note. So definitely a lot of hype in that. If you're a fan of Death Note, you'll probably like this series. And uh, as I said in the previews, it is in in the reviews or the initial first impressions, it was a very dark take on a battle royale. Yeah, we had a lot of Future Diary vibes. Mm -hmm. A lot of Future Diary vibes. I mean, it's just super depressing for a good majority of the show. And that's because... All of the chosen candidates, right? So it's a battle royale. Uh, 13 people are chosen to be God candidates to take over as God's role. Like they become... It's Future Diary-ish. Yeah, they become God, right? Like straight out of Future Diary. Um, And the only thing that is like a new twist on that concept is that the people that were chosen to be these God candidates were all people on the brink of suicide. I like that. It's interesting as hell. 
I really, really liked that too. Because as you get to meet more God candidates, you get to see how different they all are, even though they were all at this really low point in their life. Yeah, different paths to, to rock bottom. Exactly. And like cool. our main character, his parents were killed in a tragic accident, raised by abusive aunt and uncle. And, you know, super tragic stuff. He ends up finding out that the accident that killed his parents were actually don't like it was all uh orchestrated by his abusive aunt and uncle and then you know he becomes a god candidate gets these powers which uh i can get into a little bit basically each god candidate has an angel that only other god candidates and you know the god candidate themselves can see Mm -hmm. and the angels have different ranks so there's second rank angel which is the lowest then there's a first rank and then there's a special rank And based on what angel you get assigned, you have different powers that you get. So if you're a second rank angel, all you get is a red arrow, which you can shoot at someone and they instantly fall in love with you. And basically they'll just do whatever you say, right? They have to have some sort of motivations. Like they won't kill themselves unless they were already kind of thinking about doing that prior. Um, They might not murder other people unless they have the personality of a killer already right so there are limitations on the red arrow but it's very powerful i like how they incorporated the psychological and behavioral differences between people in this power system they didn't like forget that it was a little like that was one of the coolest things was just seeing how these powers affect different people and their personalities um once you get uh, a, a first rank angel you get wings so you have wings that you can deploy at any time and you can fly around. I thought that was funny because the regular people can't see the wings. So yeah. they just see like a, a dude some float. high school kid just floating through this like in between buildings. Yep. Uh, you mean like the, <laughs> the ending of part three of JoJo's where you just see this like dude in a yellow suit and a Japanese high school student in the middle of Egypt just start floating? Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be cool sounding. Yeah. Looking. And there's some interesting like reactions of that because and I'll get into that, but. Uh, and then if you get a special rank angel, you get white arrows, which kill people straight up. Just if you hit them, they're dead. It hits their toe, dead. Hits their face, dead. You know? Aimbotting. Yeah. And straight up aimbotting. Like, if you want to harem, but you're a hacker. Exactly. Hacker. I hate them people. They cheat when I do it the right way. Yeah. So pretty simple yet complex power system because of what you said. Like a lot of it has to do with the psychological impact of people and stuff like that. So our main character gets a special rank angel. So he has all three of these powers. And she is an interesting character. So quirky and upbeat and positive, but like will say some dark stuff very nonchalantly. Yeah. Which was, it's kind of like Kubei from Madoka Magica, like just lacking emotion. Yeah. Which is weird because she's cheery all the time. But she'll just be cheery and say something, like, messed up. And supposed to be Same. one of God's, like, most badass angels, right? Yeah. Well, and, and the cool thing, too, with the angels is, like, you learn more about the angels as you go. It's like, some of them have titles. Like, there's one angel who's, like, the angel of knowledge. There's an angel oh, nice. of uh, uh, intuition. Um, there's an angel of greed. Like, there's a lot of really cool different angels that play in, uh, a role in not only themselves as their own type of uh, goals that they have, but then also that they impart on their God candidate. That's what's up. So 
like I was saying, the main character, he has all three. He ends up, like, Ooh. in the first episode, he ends up, not on purpose, but ends up killing his foster aunt and uncle who, you know, orchestrated all this stuff. And that's he finds out from the angel that they were the ones who orchestrated everything. And she kind of pushes him to she use... She plants the seed in his head. To, she tries to... smile. He's like, you'll be way more happy if you don't have to live under these two tyrants. Like, you're just getting abused daily and you're just taking it. Like, you should just use your red arrow and make them, like, not... Pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah. right? Because they'll just love you and be normal people or whatever. Um, but he uses the red arrow on the ant and it has side effects and then, cause he doesn't use it on the, the uncle. And so the uncle tries to abuse him and then the ant gets in the way and ends up killing, they kill each other. Oh. It's like this crazy mess up thing. And he just witnesses all of it. And like this dude is like, he's not a killer. Like you find out through like a flashback that his dad was like, the only thing you can't do in life is hate. If you hate people, you'll lose yourself. Like, you just need to be a kind person. Like, you know, obviously crazy good moral c type mm -hmm. of guy, but he's just stuck in this shitty situation. And all this you're saying, it's not spoilers. It all happens in the first episode quite soon. And I remember him having a couple flashbacks of some important lessons that his mother bestowed upon him as well. So I was hoping to see that carry on throughout the show. It does. Incorporate in his character development and really have some hard-hitting, like, Naruto, like... You know, thinking back of his mother and father, the few words he had with them, how they were very powerful and they stuck with him and influenced him. Yeah, it That's was that good stuff. It was yeah. really, really powerful stuff that happens throughout the whole show. Um, and you start meeting new God candidates like one of them goes to school with him. It actually is like a girl that he grew up with. So he like knows her really well. Um, and you end up finding out like the reason that she was on the brink of suicide. And it's like super complex in terms of like their relationship to each other because it relates to like them being friends and stuff like that and it's really really cool it's very well thought out very well written uh like and then you get into like what is the end goal here because it's like okay yeah you're a god candidate there's 999 days and it's kind of like last person standing becomes god right but what is you know how how does that end up happening throughout the show? And it's interesting because what they do is they create this one you know, character that is ends up being a god candidate, and you don't he's very mysterious. You don't know much about him. You know that he's like from a rich uh, family, right? He's he's wealthy, but he's also a high school student. Doesn't go to their high school. He goes to like a rich one, and he comes onto the scene as like a superhero in this like mech suit called Ooh. and he calls himself Metropolitan. Oh yeah. I remember I think Panda was talking about him recently too. And it's super interesting. They never explain how he has this super suit, which I think was a failure of the show in my opinion because it's kind of like random as hell. Um and so he starts like saving people to like gain clout so that he can kill people and it looks like he's doing justice. Right, because that's kind of what he's like. I need to go kill all these god candidates, but I'm gonna make a name for myself as like a superhero. So when I go and kill god candidates, I can just be like, oh no, they're a bad guy, which is pretty ingenious. Like I think that was really good writing on their part. I just they kind of just never told us how he has this mech suit. I guess besides money, like I guess he's just Batman in that sense, right? Like money is the answer. Um, and he becomes like the main villain of the show, and. 
the show kind of revolves around the god candidates who oppose Metropolitan, and then the god candidates that Metropolitan recruits. So it almost becomes like a like a Civil team war. war, yeah, of like god candidates that are on one side and god candidates are on the other. Because all the god candidates realize what Metropolitan is doing because they know about the god candidate thing, right? Like they know about the competition. None of like the real people in the world know about it. They just think he's this superhero that everybody idolizes. Dude, very Death Note writer type. I like what he's doing with this. He's taking what he's good at, but he's not doing like what we saw with Orient and Magi. Right. Or right. Uh, Eden Zero and Fairy Tale, like just being too similar to the prior works. Yeah, no, it's very different in that sense because it's, you know, I mean, you definitely have a lot of dark stuff, which Death Note has, but it's done in a very different light. Yeah. Which is cool. He did it the right way, dude, because the mind games, they're there, right? Yeah, very much so. Um, I I just looked up. There's actual angels of intuition and angels of greed. Oh, interesting, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that their names are the same ones that they use in the show, though. I was trying to link it up, but I just don't know that much. But yeah, it's yeah. It's probably inspirations. But I don't know. These are all Japanese names. Gotcha. So True. It's similar. Like, the angel of intuition is Haniel. Definitely not what it was in the show. But there's a Hajime that's an angel, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. But that's just for people to make some cool connections. I don't know if they went there. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, one of, like, the guy candidates that ends up being on the main character's side is this guy who is, like, a costume designer for, like, a movie studio or whatever, and he has cancer. So he was, like, about to die, and he was about to, like, give up on treatment, and that's why he ends up being chosen as a god candidate. And he has, like, a wife and a daughter at home, and so once he becomes a god candidate, he's like, oh, I need to, like, leave them behind something, you know? Like, so... And he obviously opposes Metropolitan because this guy has good morals and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting what happens with him and his character. You find out his backstory. Um, there's another god candidate who the Angel of Intuition chose. Uh, and that dude is just like an ugly duckling. And then once he became a god candidate, he used his red arrow to get free plastic surgery to, like, look better and stuff like that. And he just carries around a sword and... <laughs> Just because he's like a weird, he's a weirdo. Like he just doesn't have any real social interaction. Doesn't know what love is. Um, Baby, it don't hurt. Exactly. Uh, so he, there's just so many interesting characters. Um, I just don't want to spoil anything because I think this is a really cool show that people should watch. And I didn't realize going into this, but this is a 24 episode anime. Heck yeah, good. So we only got to like the halfway point, but it was cool because it kind of culminated to like this crazy final battle that was like a cliffhanger. And I'm just so hyped to continue watching it throughout this next season. That's what's up. So yeah, if you like Death Note, Death Note, if you like Battle Royales, if you like uh, shows about depression and sadness, but also hope. And it's mature. Yeah, super mature. It is gory. Very. Unforgiving, merciless. Yeah, there's a lot of really mature stuff. There's a lot of messed up vibes with a lot of people. Uh, but there's some wholesomeness in there. And that has to do with like the, the main hope. The character carries that with, with his influence from his parents, right? Right, it's yeah. It's just uh, the most pure type of hopefulness. Hope, hopefulness? Yeah. yeah. Of hope to balance that. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I was. It had me thinking this whole premise like, you're going to have these people that gave up on life, don't like it, trying to check out. Hey, why don't you uh, put the crown on and run things? Like, is that a good idea? Like, it sounds like 
Yeah. It sounds like a good idea. Like, do things your way if you're not happy with the wife. But it also is like, probably could be like a horrible idea. I think that the fact that there's a competition surrounding it is the main driving force behind the concept. That's because like the trial of it. Because it's like, okay, not only do you have to be super depressed and like ready to kill yourself, but then you have to figure out a way to beat all these other people, right? And there's never, no one ever says that you have to kill all the other candidates. That's not like a golden rule of the competition, so then how do you go about it? Like you can you can hit everybody with your red arrow and they can give up. I wonder if it's gonna take some Right, work. because they love you so much that they'll do anything for you so they can relinquish their fight. So you can you can do it in a way that isn't murder. So like that that's like what the main character struggles with, right? Because like he knows that Metropolitan won't hesitate to use a white arrow and kill anyone, but he doesn't want to do that. You know, like he doesn't want to kill anybody he doesn't want to hate anybody he wants to be a force of good and so he is very stuck in his way of like i'm i'm gonna beat metropolitan but i'm not going to kill him so there's not any clear checklists or uh things you need to do like this is what you need to do in order to be the victor it's kind of left for open interpretation thus far yeah which I really, really like because that I feel like they could do so many cool twists that you're not going to expect, mm-hmm. right? And it's kind of open-ended in that way. I mean, like, I have different theories on, like, what might happen and things like that, but it would give away too many spoilers, so I don't want to go into it. But definitely something that a lot of people will vibe with. I think it's just a very well-made anime. The sound direction's great. The animation is great. Quirky animation style. Like, with the character designs, I'm not a huge fan of, like, the way he draws faces. Uh, But if you're into it, you're into it. I mean, I don't mind it. It's not going to put me off from the show, but it was probably my, like, most critical thing I could say is I'm just not a huge fan of the way he draws faces. But, I mean, the the character design on the angels is so cool. So that, like, makes up for it. characters, kind of. Dude, they they do. They're, like, out of this world, like, crazy looking. Some of them have wings on their heads. Some of them are on their hips. Like, it's, they are all super unique, but they're all angels and, like, in the same color. So there's no, like, real difference in color besides their halos. So it's it's cool that they were able to, like, give them this uh, overarching theme together that ties them as, you notice that they're angels, but then they also have their own unique designs. So it seems like it might be one of the anime similar to Death Note where you can refer it or suggest it to someone who's not necessarily like an anime. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Like, oh, you watched Death Note and like you, you, you messed around with like Samurai Champloo and Bebop and maybe like you know, a little Naruto. Like, check this out. You'll like it. You I also think it. that this is one of those type of animes that if it does get hyped up like Death Note, Netflix is going to try to make a live action out of it. Oof. Another thing, though, Why when you said not at this when point. you said JoJo's, that brought me back to what you said earlier on, Lego. Um, only other candidates can see and acknowledge that these angels exist, and the other angels can see each other as well. That's just like stands. Yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah. What had me thinking is Metropolitan Man. When I first saw him, I'm like, oh, sick. He's like the Moomin Rider of this show. <laughs> I freaking stand yeah. Moomin Rider. He's like, I got a shrine of him in my closet. Shot like Helga Bataki. But, but then I was like, dude, he's evil. And then it had me thinking like, dude, if Moomin Rider was evil, we'd all be screwed. Oh, easily. The world would be incinerated. 
That the that dude's drive and passion. Holy crap! Could you imagine do- evil justice bicycle crash? Oh my god! Ooh. Evil standing up and and cycling. Oh, in the evil rain, stand up pedaling. Not even considering it. It's, you know, some it's evil- messed up that you would think of that, bro. Yeah, he doesn't even have yeah. anyone on his pegs, and he's still just killing it. Chain pops off every five minutes. Ugh. All right. <laughs> we love Moomin Rider. Yeah, that's that's platinum end, everyone. Yeah, Platinum End, I definitely give this one, I think it's another A+, plus, honestly. Oh, wow. Really well done. I, psychological shonens I are love that always, chain, dude. always like A+, plus S ranks, in my opinion. Like yeah. Psychopaths and stuff like I that. I think it has the potential to do an S, but I don't want to give it an S without seeing the next 12 episodes, because Heck I only yeah. saw half the season, right? But I could easily give it an S if it continues and exceeds what it already did in the first 12 that's what's up. It's wild how this didn't like lead the pack as far as popularity. Yeah, in this I'm, fall I'm surprised season. too. I think a lot of people looked at it and were like, "Oh, it's death. It's made by Death Note. I'm a I'm an anti Death Note person, so I won't watch this." Like that Sword Art treatment, like it's it's become yeah. too popular. I know a lot of people who love anime, and they're like, "Death Note's dumb and only for people who don't like anime." So, I mean, I think that's gatekeeping and stupid and cringe, but that's just my opinion. I'm stupid and cringe. Yeah, but I love you. It's different.